Oh, good day, everyone, and welcome to the Story of America. And tonight's episode, we are a special guest with us. He is the host of Free Speech Northwest, uh, based out of Salem, Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, joining us is Casey Okupe. Okupe, I can't. I, I just, I just studied this like, like ten minutes ago. Uh, like, I got to make sure I get his name right. And I just listened okay. to the episode all over again. I'm like, ah, then I come out and say Okupe. It's not your fault. It's uh, it's Casey Okupi. It's Filipino. So yeah, they like to trick people with all the different letters and stuff. It's it's perfectly fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I was wondering nope. how to say it because every time I talked about this upcoming interview, I, I refused to say your last name because I didn't want to say it wrong. So huh. it's good to know the proper pronunciation. See, Rhett, gets on to me for, um, Rhett gets on to me for not getting people's name right. We had a guy, Carl uh, Boyerton. <laughs> on our show and i keep saying his last name wrong the wreck keeps you say it keeps chewing like me up. you you said it wrong right after he told you like literally not five seconds later i thought i said it right i uh, i don't know maybe maybe my dialect is a little too uh too much sudden droll i mean i knew i do talk rather slowly well see from this point forward you could just do casey because we already got the first and last now Hey, well, you know, I was listening, I was watching your uh, your shows. I started with, ep- uh, with your first episode there, and mm-hmm. very good stuff. I, I like what I'm seeing. So, um, we're you know, normally when we have our guests on, I have a sequence of questions and things like that, but I felt that it would be better to do this one just, you know, very genuine right off the bat, no, no questions, and we'll let the atmosphere kind of lead us there. But I really want to give my my uh my viewers and listeners an opportunity to be exposed to something else so go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you what you do with free speech northwest and what what's the type of content that you guys support up there well i uh i support free speech but at the same time that's freedom to tell someone what they're saying is stupid you know what i mean i'm not saying you can't say it but um you know i don't know my my stuff is kind of devolved or well it's evolved it started somewhere and now i'm i'm getting more into the christianity aspect of things and getting away from like thoughts of like libertarianism and things like that because i just don't agree with a lot of the perspectives and and things like we should do away with this and you can do whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anyone because I don't believe that the things that we do don't affect other people. And I also don't believe we should be destructive. So I'm not really in that kind of libertarian mindset, but huh, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm kind of into freedom. I'm into rights, like your autonomous rights, but not your right to destroy yourself or anybody else. So that's why I'm, I don't know. Maybe in a way, is that authoritarian? Do you think? Because like, I wouldn't say. I think that's somewhat. I I was thinking more classical liberal. Um, You know, a classical libertarian like uh, like the likes of um, of a Milton Friedman or or a Walter Williams, where they they want less government interaction, but they but they don't want government to be so so blind that people can just do anything to anybody and call it freedom yeah or even the thing with libertarians though is like 
they think you can do whatever to yourself. And I mean, you can, you have the access to do that, but I don't think it should be legal for you, for example, to take heroin or meth or something like that, because it, it destroys human beings. So I, I don't think it should be legal. I can't stop you from doing it, but that's kind of what I mean. You know, I don't think we should get rid of prisons and we should have open borders and, and things like that, you know, and that, those are kind of some libertarian things. Those that aren't to my oh, well, libertarianism is a very, very, uh, it's a very broad category. Yeah. There are some libertarians that are, you know, that are like that, but as a whole, I wouldn't say that most libertarians would advocate for open borders like completely. It's just unfortunate that the ones or, that get the most airtime are the ones that have that sentiment. Well, that's everyone, whoever's loudest, right? Whoever can yeah, yell the, the squeaky, loudest. The squeaky tire gets the most soil. You know, and that goes to my second question. Um, how do you define liberty as an American person? I mean, we, we all, you know, we all talk about liberty and freedom every day, but so, so many people like to say that if you put a restriction, like I, I was, I was talking with somebody today, I get ready to do a, do a debate with them actually, since I just challenged me to it today on, on the necessity of abortions. And I was like, they're like, well, it's for the freedom, it's for the freedom of, of the woman. And I said, okay, well, if, if we're talking about freedom, well, does not the child also have the same freedoms? Does not the father also have the same freedoms if he wants to keep the child? So how do you define freedom if in a government society or so just say in civilization, a civilized world, restrictions have to be included to some degree? Yeah, I think it's very complex because like you said, um, <clears throat> freedom can be, you know, saying I have the right to do whatever I want with my body or whatever. But at the same time, um, there's another body, you know, there's a completely separate DNA. Like if we found the kind of DNA we find inside of another human person on another planet, we'd say there's life on another planet, right? But then we don't say that when it's like, we should start saying there's life in that, that woman, you know, because they pretend like it's just, I don't know what, but that's another yeah, thing. They, they, they have like a dissociative identity order when it comes, when it comes in relationships to, uh, to unborn children. And as a matter of fact, they don't even, they don't even like to call them humans anymore. They call it unborn fetus. Yeah, like fetus. they have such a dis, a disassociation with the idea that this, that there's a, physical living being developing inside of you and they can they uh hawk that over to freedom and then they say those of us who want restrictions like me i've never said that there's no reason to have an abortion i've said that there are only three reasons that an abortion is ever physically possible one being rape the other one being that she she got knocked up and she wants to get rid of the responsibility and the third and the third reason is that she's if she doesn't have it she's going to die it doesn't now obviously there's several different scenarios that can all fit underneath those things but it's going to come back down to one of those three you were raped you had sex and you regret it or you just want to get rid of the baby because you don't want to have one because you decided to have unprotected sex or protected sex knowing what the consequences of sex lead to or your life's in jeopardy and people like me say, well, the, the fair thing if, uh, is to 
to restrict it uh, to what the original intent was, which was safe, legal, and rare, and not as a retroactive birth control. So, and these other people were like, well, no, they need to have it. It's an, it needs to be necessary. It needs to be out uh, completely open because it's going to help with the population. And like, how is it helping population when you're killing off the population at the same time that you try to help them? But that, that, you know, but I guess for me, when I look at our Declaration of Independence and it says in there that we are created with these unalienable rights that are those being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, the very first one is the right to life and the right, to, and then the next one right there is the right to liberty. But liberty under what means? Because our, our constitution frames where our liberties should end. I won't, no, I, won't, I won't say end, but where our liberties can meet certain consequences if we, if we choose to enact them. You know, the Constitution, um, someone was talking to me the other day, I, I was talking about how important the Constitution was, and they said, you know, before the Constitution was written, it was just assumed, I guess, this is his angle, he said, it was assumed that you'd be able to carry a gun, it was assumed you'd have free speech, and then it, it put that on paper as a thing to potentially be manipulated. So it wasn't something that people were really looking at as not having or having, but I don't know how much truth there is to that. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. When you talk about abortion, it's pretty interesting. You said rare. What were those three things? Safe, Safe legal, rare, and rare. legal. Huh? Rare and Safe, legal. Safe, legal, and rare. Safe, legal, and rare. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 complex. I don't see a lot of, of reason necessarily for abortions. I think they're about convenience. But um, like you said, I, I don't give you know, I'm in not I, I'm not in a position to decide anything for anybody. Obviously, I don't have that sort of power personally, but uh, I can't other than, you know, the, for me, I can imagine like an instance where somebody who was a child is raped or something and they get pregnant and it's like, okay, well, I can't, I, I'm not someone who has any kind of concept on how to decide what happens in this instance. I, I'm not even going to put myself in that position. But um, aside from that, I mean, like there are women I know that said, you know what, if I end up getting pregnant and my life is in jeopardy. Okay. I'm probably going to end up dead then because I'm not going to murder my baby. You know, that's, that's what I've heard a lot of. So. You know, and I've heard a lot similar and I think that would probably be the case in most situations, but yeah. I, but, you know, obviously my, uh, I would like to believe, and I think that there are several procedures that can be taken in place before going to that step, as in my opinion, it should always be a last resort thing. Uh, either because, because at that point in time, then you have to make the moral decision as to what is what is better to save a life by terminating one, or to allow one life to 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 die to bring another one to existence, or to just sit by and let both of them die. You know, you have you you get put in a pretty awkward position when you yeah. when you have to make the decisions of a god. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm not someone who can really make those kind of decisions. Now, um, about liberty, as you're saying, I think when it comes to things like like liberty, it has to do with um, not treading on other people's rights and then also having your own and trying to find that balance. Like right now, you know, there's these things that are mandates, like you have to do this, you have to do that. If you want to have this job, you have to provide this and that that's controlling other people. Um, you know, that's, I don't think that's okay. I don't think that's what Liberty and America is all about. I think America is, those people who say no, you know, I mean, when we were founding this country, we were fighting against England to become autonomous, become our own country. We said, no, that's what I think America is all about. And liberty and so, freedom. It's I think that mandate thing is such an, something that we have a major problem with right now. I mean, I, I watched one of your recent episodes, you're talking about the issue of mandates. And uh, me and Rhett have talked about it now, of course, because YouTube decides to be YouTube, we have to be yeah. uh, limited thusly in how we can speak about it. But when it comes down to mandate, well, I don't really care about YouTube anyway, they aren't paying me anything. So you can say whatever you want. But when it comes down to mandates and issue in relation to mandates you know i've t i've had to turn down quite a few uh high paying jobs for, for the state of mississippi because they, they require me to show proof of vaccination just to be able to work there and these are jobs that, that i don't even have to leave my house to work for but i have to show physical proof of vaccination to work for you i'd rather i'd rather go ahead and get my license to sell life insurance and, and health insurance independently, get that renewed, only going to cost me 700 bucks, go ahead and get that renewed and just do it independently. Yeah. Instead of, instead of having to show some documentation to work for you, I already have to show you documentation to prove that I'm a legal citizen that doesn't require sponsorship. And I already have to provide you a background checks, which I, which I completely in favor of, but when you start to force people to show proof of vaccination status, proof of uh, proof of ethnicity, or proof of religious uh, background, stuff like that, I, I think that is beyond the purview of of a job's ability to limit liberty. And I know we always, you know, a lot of people say, well, how can you? Be for liberty if you don't if you don't believe that jobs should have the rights to exercise the liberty of their choice, which is they don't want to hire somebody that doesn't get the vaccine and and show proof of it. Well, then you're putting you know it becomes a, a circle kind of like the Ouroboros where it's biting its tail and going around and around because now you have the same issue where uh, the job is impeding upon the rights of of people. And people are impeding upon the rights of the job, and the government is just sitting there in the middle, impeding on the rights of both, because it's forcing them to do things that may not necessarily be aligned with what the Constitution says. Yeah, I think it's pretty complex. Um, like you're saying, I think that when it comes to the private business, you know, maybe we should just 
say, you go ahead and make your rules. It's your business. It's an at will kind of thing. I believe in that. But when it comes to government jobs, you know, there's a lot of jobs like working in the school districts and different things. And it's like, yeah, you shouldn't get to tell me what to do with my body. You know, you're the government, you know, whether it's the state government or federal government, I don't think any government um, entity should be telling us what to do with our bodies. Cause that's just one thing. Then it's going to be more things, you know, what can I have in my house? You know, do you want to see whatever's, you know, I, I don't trust, I don't trust uh, the people making these decisions. That's the thing that I think about a lot is who's making these decisions. And I, I don't know them. I don't trust them. And I don't necessarily just assume that everyone has everyone else's best interests at heart, nor do I think they're intelligent enough to necessarily decide what's best for everybody. So, you know, they here in Oregon, they think about the, um, the Oregon health entity or whatever, and then do whatever that entity tells them to do so that they can relinquish responsibility. But I don't know, putting things, covering your face, for example, with a piece of cloth all the time, how is that more healthy than not doing that? You know what I mean? You know, I, 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 don't I was going to get to that one because that was a section of questions that I wanted to talk on too. But I think we'll save that for a little bit later. Uh, I won't wreck the hop in here. I know he's probably got quite quite a few things to ask you. I'm going to read up right here because I was looking at something in, in relationship to our Constitution. Okay. So um, this is something that just popped into my head uh, a few minutes ago on the abortion topic. Um, uh, see, I think probably all of us know here that Roe versus Wade was the decision was made on really some imaginary rights that didn't exist, but they sort of inferred them from this penumbra created by two or three different amendments. But I mean, it's not there. There's no right to abortion and it's really an erroneous argument. But I heard somebody recently describe it. So y'all know how pretty much every culture in world history, at least the ancient world, practiced some form of child sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially later in their development, these were things that were done. Were, they were done by the priestly class as, you know, sacrifices to their deities. And somebody, I can't remember who I was listening to, I think it was Jonathan Pajot, uh, if y'all are familiar with him, um, the Symbolic World podcast. And he said that this made sense to me, too. And it's kind of on the surface sounds kind of like weird to say it this way. But when you really think about it, it's true. Abortion is a form of child sacrifice, because if you if you think about it, it's like say this parent wants to have a better life and thinks that by having this child, it will burden them and make it more difficult for them to succeed. And so they sacrifice that child in hopes that they will do better in life. If you think about it from that perspective, it is sort of a modern Western form of child sacrifice. 
Well, even more than that, um, you know, there are places where you can get, you can just get blood transfusions for younger blood. I mean, what's yeah. going to happen with all these body parts and things? It's all totally satanic, completely. That's one of the crazy I've, I've things about this whole uh, globalist cabal. Yeah, yeah I was saying, this whole I, globalist cabal, these people, uh, that's what they do. They take these, these transfusions and they, you know, with the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, that whole pedophile network. It was coming out in 2016. This was discussed before this by people considered to be far right conspiracy theorists, notably Alex Jones. But then it all came out to be true. And they really were doing this stuff. And all these emails came out and, you know, Pizzagate. And that, that was a weird election year, but it was pretty entertaining. Um, but, yeah, it's well known that they they uh, get transfusions of young blood. Oh, yeah, it's you can do that just like normal. I mean, there's just like these uh, businesses on the side of the road. You can walk down the sidewalk, walk in yourself and get some young blood if you want transfused into your body. Like and so obviously, I mean, this is why you have people like Nancy Pelosi who's like 150 years old. You know what I mean? They're probably getting I, I, I like to call her. Um... I like to call her Sheev Pelosi because she's she looks exactly like Sheev Palpatine. Yeah, she's her, uh, <laughs> she's interesting. I don't <laughs> think she's all there. Oh, did you see she's her? All there. Did you see her say the union? I mean, yeah. what is this? What is this? She was just so like Biden started oh, talking yes, about breathing in about burn pits. Yeah, but toxic burn pits. She gets up. Yeah, like, well, like what she is still this? Doesn't realize nobody else is and, doing it she's you know like, oh, I, crap. I, and I, you know i was listening to the direct talk about that you know i've heard a rumor of um of them basically crunching up these aborted aborted fetuses for the adrenochrome and using that as some type of enhancement drug up in up in these dark networks of hollywood and stuff not not so sure how real that is but i've heard a rumor of it and it's a big talk on a lot of people who dig into the conspiracy side of things. And I say conspiracy and not conspiracy theory, because once it's been proven, it's just conspiracy. And, and a lot of this stuff has been proven. And then, then there are still parts of it that, that we're just assuming, like the adrenochrome thing. But the rest of it, it's been proven. So it's no longer a theory. It's cons a flat out conspiracy against uh against the free people we can find videos about, for uh, probably anything on the dark web you know what i mean i'm sure there's videos on so, all this stuff adrenochrome is something that i mean we've heard more about it now in, in reference to this elite cabal of this you know pedophile network people whatever adrenochrome is actually the first time I ever heard of it, it was it was fictional and it still might be, although it's probably based on something real. But it was in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas yeah. by Hunter S. Thompson, one of my favorite books of all time. And uh, when I started hearing it get mentioned. In. Uh, in the conspiracy. Uh, I don't really want to call it that, but, you know, in reference to this. The globalist, for lack of a better term, um, adrenochrome was like something that you know was extracted from the adrenal glands of children and used as another sort of youthful tonic. It's really weird stuff. 
Yeah, it's weird stuff. Well, people, you know, people like Pelosi is obviously not working because she <laughs> looks ancient. You know, it's interesting with everything going on right now in um, with Russia and Ukraine and everything. It makes me think about those things because, you know, I, I hear about all these different tunnels and things under Ukraine. You can Google it. There's all these different uh, catacombs and things like that. There's all sorts of. Um, I don't know. I don't trust anything that happens in Ukraine because you have people like Nancy Pelosi's kid. You have Joe Biden's kid. They're all working in Ukraine, getting yeah. paid millions and, you know, I, of dollars. I told Rhett that, that, um, that I told Rhett, I told a couple friends of mine as well that, it, uh, you know, uh, it's tragic what's going on in Ukraine right now. But what's more tragic to think about is what does Joe Biden have to gain out of a war in Ukraine? And that is all of that dirt and information that's on his family, particularly his son, is all in Kiev. Once oh, it yeah. goes up in smoke, you know, Biden's pretty much clear. Well, we know Hunter's a complete and utter pervert. And, you know, Ukraine is one of the capitals for sex trafficking and things. And that's why you have all these politicians' kids over in the Ukraine. You know, that's why they choose to live there, in my opinion. That's, that's, my theory, my conspiracy theory. And that's why they want to like protect it. I mean, why are all the politicians so into the Ukraine and they want to protect the Ukraine and all this stuff? It's like, what are they protecting? They're protecting something that we're not hearing them talk about, which is their own corruption. That's what I think. You know, I'm 100% behind protecting the innocence of Ukraine, but- Having uh, having uh, ourselves get involved, the only reason why we should be doing anything is because we screwed the pooch with Bill Clinton having them remove their nukes. So we wouldn't be having this discussion right now if they still had their nukes, because Russia is not a dumb. Putin is not dumb. He's not going to invade a country that's right there on its borders that have the ability to blow them up with a nuclear bomb because nuclear bombs doesn't it doesn't matter how strong your military is all that matters is that you got at least one and all it takes is one yeah we all know what happened in chernobyl and then uh russia just took the second largest nuclear plant in all of europe last night and so they're checking for spikes in radiation labels now, which everything has come back. No, no spikes in radiation levels. But I mean, it's these these types of instances where uh, diplomacy by uh, some of these most corrupt people. Because obviously, if we go back to Epstein Island and and the sex parades in Ukraine with these miners. Bill Clinton is at the top of the hill on that one. He's at the peak. And he was the one that got this deal for us to get to be so heavily involved in Ukraine all those years ago. It all ties back to the dirty to the dirty Clintons. I, you know, I don't like to sound like a rag against the Clintons, but I, a lot of this crap always goes back to the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation. They, they've got their they've got their fingertips wrapped up in so much of these webs of corrupts, uh, corrupt organizations that it's hard um, that the media doesn't really cover it as much. Even Fox doesn't cover it that much. And they're no friend of the Clintons by any measure, but they, they don't go deep enough into the rabbit hole of the Clintons atrocities. Oh yeah. 
there, I mean, was Gavin McInnes was talking about how he researched it and, you know, you hear about all these deaths surrounding them. Maybe there's somewhere between like probably 15 to 30. And then he starts looking into it and he said like, there's at least thir- nine to 13 of them that are like, it's hard to disprove that they killed these people. You know what I mean? It's hey, everybody that gets involved with them mysteriously yeah. winds up killing themselves. Like even Epstein in a, in a guarded cell mysteriously wound up hanging himself with a sheet that's too thin to hold the pressure of a human man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah. And and had um and had uh triations of strangulation as opposed to hanging, which is very odd. But oh going on, I'm gonna talk about some of the stuff that was said at the City Union. I don't know if the two of you watched the whole thing. I watched a good portion of it. I was actually doing a, doing a live um, a reaction to it, but then I got, I, I joined in live too late. So I said I was gonna react to it a little bit later, go back and watch some more, some more points of it. But in a lot of those things, I am, I'm saddened for our country because of its president. I mean, it's a shame that this is actually the second longest period of time that we have seen Joe Biden since he has been elected president. The first was just a few weeks ago when he had his first major press conference and his entire presidency, where he actually took questions for about two hours. And then this was an hour and two minutes. And these are, so this is the longest period of time that we've actually seen him speak in one city. And it was an embarrassment. And much, and much of the stuff that he said were complete lies. He talked about uh, protecting our southern border. How can you say that when under your watch, two million illegals managed to come into the country under your watch? And under your watch, you were able to, yeah, well, uh, ask, because to ascertain. The union. Yeah. But, and, and it seemed like a, watch, he stole I mean, a couple of Trump's talking points, honestly, is what it sounded like. Well, just on your point, Rhett, um, everything, 100% of like what the radical left says is psychological projection. So right now yeah, he's talking absolutely. about things that were important to Trump, the border, funding police, whatever. He's talking about things, you know, that's not him. It's like. I don't know. Like if they call you racist or something, they're talking about themselves. Oh, yeah, they call me a racist all the time. A reverse. So when they're talking about themselves, really they're referring to you. Do you know what I mean? Like he's saying, I want to um, protect our borders. Well, he's talking about Trump. When he's saying Trump's racist, he's talking about himself. Do you see what I'm saying there? That's the yeah, right. You know, I, I, I said that to a person today on Facebook. I'm, an, I'm, I'm a part of a lot of political groups. I go back and forth with a lot of people. And so yeah, she, she had that out on Facebook. <laughs> hey, I it's do. I do it. a lot of it. I get I get I get her people. I get her views. Uh, but so she she went after a friend of mine. His name is Jay. And he's he's a Mexican-American. And so she goes up and calls him a redneck. And, and and Jay comes up and says, "Well, I hope you know that I'm that I'm that I'm Hispanic." 
And then now all of a sudden she's changing her angle, changing her tune because she got caught red-handed assuming it's race because he's from Texas. And then I get involved and I say, I say to her, um, what did I say? So I said something to the effect of, of uh, look, caught red-handed, these liberals always projecting their bigotry onto us. And it's what they do. They will say the most racist stuff and then call you a racist. Like, oh, yeah. and then they say that uh, we are the ones that are always about identity politics when race doesn't come up in any of our discussions until they bring it into it. Well, you know, I would love to see an election cycle where race isn't mentioned once, but it will never happen so long as the Democrat party is the way that they are. Well, not just that. I mean, the Republican Party's pretty pathetic, too, when it comes to that whole thing. And, you know, I think that uh, Trump even fed into a lot of that stuff. Like, women for Trump. We need more women in power. I mean, he was saying stuff like that. He was saying, like, Mexicans for Trump, Black people for Trump. They're all doing it. Everyone's doing it. Republicans, Democrats. They're all playing the... um, identity politics game yeah i I can see what you're saying there i can see what you're saying there because the left the left has they've monopolized it and they have a way of dragging people who are on the right people who are in the center people who don't really have a side they will have a way of dragging them into that scene because i don't believe trump would be talking about those things if he wasn't trying to counter the democrats calling him a racist Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think he'd be like uh, blacks for Trump and women for Trump if the Democrats weren't calling him a sexist and a racist and all of those other things are especially because they take they You know, I mean, you know, as well as I do, they took almost everything he said out of context, particularly when he was talking about yeah. the southern border. He's just like, oh, he's calling racist. He's calling uh, Mexicans killers and rapists. When he's talking about gang, yeah. you know, gang members, and they they did that so often that it was laughable, but it works for a massive portion of the country that doesn't that doesn't care about the facts. They just care about the surface level intention. Well, I think that it works because of, as I said, the weakness of the Republican Party. I think that they're like, um, no, no, sorry. Instead, they should be saying "f you." Show yes, me the I, evidence. I agree. They shouldn't I be agree. saying, sorry, no, I'm not. Or, you know, thinking, oh, you know, for our next vice president, we need to prop up Candace Owens. It's like, maybe, maybe we do. Maybe yeah, there are guys who are more qualified. I don't know. You That's know the problem I mean? with this Katanji Jackson case. She's an affirmative action judge. Uh, or so, uh, I, should I say an affirmative action candidate to Supreme Court? She may be the most qualified judge that we've ever seen, but it doesn't matter because she was a, she was chosen strictly on the basis of the color of her skin. Yeah, you got to think how Joe Biden, like like before he said anything, he made it public knowledge that he was going to pick a black woman. Like, you know, I don't know why he didn't just keep that to himself. You're like, absolutely you know, right. it, it's well, you know like, he dude, did that okay, because he wanted to way, garner more of the vote. Yeah, because remember, remember, remember this. And during during the 2020 election cycle, the the news, the news was that Trump had gained a 50 percent increase in his black support. And if Biden's black support had dropped to 
had had lost um, even even twenty percent, he would have lost the election. So Biden had to play have. the race card. Yeah. He, he he definitely lost. There was some malfunctions going on there, but we don't talk about that because we'll get deplatformed. But oh, uh, um, oh, no, it's, it's fine. I don't give two shits about YouTube. But it's the thing is, is that he has to do that in order to guard that support because the, the, pro, uh, the media isn't going to press Joe Biden to back up his claims on those things because if they did, Black people wouldn't have voted for him because they would have known that he was the the racist in 1972 who called him animals, who called him super predators, who yeah. who said that they would make his children look like they were at a zoo if they went to school together, who took sixty billion dollars away from integrated schools in '74 yeah, and passed the crime like a bill. Jungle on the bus or something. Yeah, so, or say I mean, it was a racial jungle, and you know. What he did to um, to Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, how he besmirched his character, you know, if if they really wanted to get serious, and this is this is again where you said where the Republicans are weak, because I didn't see a single advertisement from the Republicans that aired any of that. Yeah, Fox, did, Fox, did, you know, Hannity aired a few of it, but not nearly often enough for somebody that's supposed to be so hard against Joe Hannity didn't do nearly enough to, to, to air some of that stuff, especially since he is technically the most watched primetime news uh, personality. He should have had an entire hour just of racist stuff that Joe Biden has said, if he really wanted to combat the narrative of conservatives, Republicans, people on the right as being racist. So when you talk about Fox, the question is, is that legit? I mean, is it controlled opposition Fox? Because, you know, they're not going to call out a lot of big pharma because those are the advertisers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone, everyone answers to somebody, you know, and then Disney bought Fox, right? I mean, don't they own it? Well, they bought, they bought Fox, 20th Century Fox, not Fox News Network. Oh, Great. For, uh, you know, for a longest period of time, I didn't know that those are two separate things. Yeah. But 20th Century Fox and Fox News Network are two separate entities. It just so happens that Fox News Network uh, has a lot of their, um, oh, what, do you, what do you say, uh, their, their local, the locales are dedicated to 20th Century Fox. So like if I wanted to watch my local news here, it's Fox 25, Channel 25, so Fox 20th Century Fox, but their affiliates, they get, you know, funding and stuff from Fox News Channel. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to know if there's really a full-on right-wing news network, but I guess, you know, they have some good the stuff. The only one. Fox is doing um, some good stuff. The only full one, I think, is this, that new one that come up was it Newsmax. Uh-huh. Um they came up. They're pretty good, uh, pretty good. And I hate to say it, but the best American news network that I was able to watch during the Trump administration was Sky was Sky uh, Sky News out of Australia. Oh wow! They were they were covering uh, American news, and they were they were the best. They were better than Fox. They were obviously better than anything that CNN or MSNBC aired. But they, and they were completely down the middle. They called Trump out on lots of stuff. 
that I disagreed with, and they called out the Democrats on all the stuff I didn't like on them. They called it Republicans. Sky News Network from Australia. It's a shame that in order to get uh, unbiased news, I have to go to a different country to watch it. And most of the time, it was it was so hard to get to their to get some of their stuff because YouTube would would you know how they mess with their algorithm and move oh, yeah. certain things down the line, so it makes it harder for you to find it. I haven't seen a a blip from Sky from Sky News Australia up in my uh, recommenders and uh, since since uh, since the election. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about social media now, like YouTube and everything. Speaking of that, all these things like Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff really kind of concerns me. I think when you can reach millions and millions of people, I don't know if you believe in spiritual warfare or Satan, anything like that. But oh, I am um, a devout Christian. I think that these things try to get you addicted and then like these algorithms you know what i mean they're trying to get people addicted to watching the videos and stuff and i i think they're all gateways really so it's really hard to know how much or what to use or any of that stuff it, it's it's see, just really frustrating i like to drop my stuff on there and get away you know what i mean see, i'm i'm of a slightly different opinion i don't i don't know if i don't know if Rhett agrees with me i don't think he's ever heard my opinion on this but my opinion is, is that you know i see so many people in the media particularly uh this is one of the things that um that fox cnn that they all seem to agree with is is that you gotta Got to do something with big tech, which I, something needs to be done with them. I need they need to be broken up into monopolies, and they need to have their immunity stripped from them. But they but they're more focused on the bullying and the social media and all of that stuff. And I and I say to myself all of the time, all of these social media websites and things like that. You know, when you when you talk about privacy breaches, we sign a contract and we hit that allow button. Yeah. So that's on us. Yeah. And you talk to people like, well, they get bullied online. You click confirm on their friend request. That's on you. Yeah. So I, I'm of the, uh, I'm of the opinion that social media and something needs to be done with it as far as logistically break up the monopolies, make them less powerful. But when it comes down to uh, them forcing us to do anything, I think People need to be accountable for the actions that they that they are responsible for because nobody forces you to get on social media and do anything. And That's true. you know, I I love um, I love YouTube, but I'm not going to look at everything that YouTube recommends me because most of the stuff they recommend me is crap. I have certain I have certain things that I'm interested in that I'm, that I want to learn about. So you go look at my YouTube history list. It's mostly, uh, lately it's been a lot of uh, firing line with, with William F. Buckley Jr. There's a lot of um, podcasts, a lot of shows that I've been on, a lot of audio books that are free on YouTube that are just information and things of that nature. On Facebook, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm doing this show Honestly, Facebook probably, I probably look at Facebook maybe two or three times a month. 
I don't I don't hardly post anything on Facebook except for stuff in relation to the show now lately because it's not that important. You know, when Facebook went down, what was it like two months, two, three months ago, Facebook went down. Everybody's all panicking because they can't get on messenger. Uh, I didn't even know face. I didn't even know Facebook was down. You know, I was, I was trying to send a, a message early that morning while I was at work. And I'm like, Oh, something's going on. I can't send it. All right. Turn my phone off, put it on YouTube, uh, premium play music and hit the button and close it, close my phone down, leave it on my desk and go back to work. Didn't realize that Facebook was down the entire day till I got home at seven o'clock that night. Like, oh, Facebook was down. Oh, it's 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 not that important. But I can see some people being addicted to it. But yeah, can't can't blame Facebook for that. That's you know, um, kind of true. I I I just think yeah, you can't blame alcohol for people being addicted to alcohol. I guess you know right, but um. I'm just saying, I think it's a tool. I think it's a tool of the devil. I think everything is, you know, that, that a lot of people acclimate themselves with hypothetically. I think it can be, you know, I not think, I think it can be in excess. Yeah. You know, that, that's, and, that's what I agree on that point. I think anything that you use can be a weapon of the enemy. If you, oh yeah. if you, if you use it beyond its original intent, or if you use it too much, because even the healthiest stuff is bad for you if you overindulge. You know, I used to tell my grandmother that all the time, that uh, at one particular time, all she was eating was peanut butter. And I kept telling her, you, you need to eat other things, shake up your diet. And then she became allergic to peanut butter. So she, oh, wow. she couldn't eat it. And then I would tell her, you got to, you know, she was to take vitamins all day like B12, B three times a day, like, you know, you can't do that. And then it got so bad where her, her body started rejecting it. It, was, it started going into full failure because of overindulgence of healthy things. Yeah. So, you know, we it, everything has to be done in moderation. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I was starting to have a problem with some of it. So I just, I removed it. I removed it from my phone. I deactivated, you know, maybe I'll go on to drop a podcast or something, but beyond that, I don't want to touch the stuff. You know what it's I mean? Pretty much, it's pretty much me. Uh, me, me. Me and Rhett have been making discussions about creating other so social media things to, to promote the podcast. But I'm like, you know, I got Facebook, I got YouTube, I have a Twitter. I don't use it. I don't remember how to log in um, because I, I, know, I don't like Twitter at all. So I don't, I don't use it for that, for those reasons. And at one particular point in time, I stopped using Google when I, when they, when they deep platform parlor, cause I was using that as a social media website for a little while until they got shut down. And now it's like, okay, it ha we have to use it because it's now it's now it's a part of, our uh, our omni channels. One of the things I learned um, from a building school that Damon John sponsored was about how to network of omni channels. All of these different social media websites are omni channels that can get your brand awareness and all of that stuff. So it so as a as a um, as a content producer, as an entrepreneur that isn't selling a product, 
but selling a service of types, which is information, education, knowledge, and those of those things, we're more obligated, or well, I won't say obligated, but um, it's more of a necessity for us to have these social media campaigns than it is for Dick's Barbecue down the street to have the same thing because they're a local, or they're a local thing. You know, yeah. somebody comes by, they see Dick's Barbecue, they're like, oh, it looks good. Got a big poster outside. I'm going to go in, have some, have some brisket and have a good day. But you try to tell somebody about the story of America, like, okay, what do you sell? What do you do? So it makes it, makes it harder for people that are content producers to stay off of those types of things. And then uh, I will give you this, YouTube, which is not the same YouTube that we grew up to, not by a long shot, uh, may, may be the same as far as stuff that we watch, but it's not the same as far as how content producers are, are made and how they are treated. But YouTube, uh, uh, the way that they, the algorithm puts all these people on there and these people are always talking about how much money they're making on YouTube, it does kind of sucker in young people um, to oh, be man. drawn to try to make to try to make themselves a YouTube millionaire. Yeah, yeah, I've seen these kids and you ask any kid in grade school, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a YouTuber, whatever that means. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I can perceive how kids can gradually actually grow a channel like i know how you can do that um it's pretty easy formulaic right you just find some local sponsors and have them give you something and then walk around and ask someone to do something crazy to get to have it or you know what i mean or contact local stores hey can i hide in there or whatever i mean there's all kinds of ways a kid can grow a youtube channel but um Obviously, we're not necessarily doing that. I mean, we can get sponsors and stuff. Um, I've had the opportunity to get sponsors and things, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know how people are getting like. I don't know how you get necessarily seventy mil, seventy thousand subscribers or three million subscribers beyond making extremely well done edited content, like super high quality research scripted content. And once you do that, I mean, like that. There's this guy I know, Mr. Reagan. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff, but he did this video about how AOC was one of the um, justice, the Justice Democrats got her, and she was an actor and everything. And I don't know if you've seen that video, but that was one of the videos that helped him take off because he formulated it well. The set was good, and it was all like kind of like a documentary it was done really really well so just high quality i would think would be the way to do it but i don't know how they're getting kids to all want to be youtube well i guess yeah. they're just entertained right well and then also youtube has gone so far as to model their platform to children they advertise it to children as opposed to the persons that are using it the most which are adults the, um by a long shot because children are supposed to be in school. Yeah. Adults, adults don't, have, you know, we go to work, but we have, we're, we're adults. We have other responsibilities. We have to have our personal contact devices on us. You say at all times, some of us like myself, when I'm at work, I, I keep 
I keep my headset my headset on all the time. You know, one 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 ear off or my volume turned down slightly so that I can listen to whatever broadcast I'm listening to so I can learn something while I'm working. Yeah. And so for people like that, you know, it's amazing. But then now YouTube has changed its algorithm where it's targeting children. Oh yeah. And, and you know, that's 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 predatory behavior to a degree. Oh yeah. And the schools have a huge responsibility in that. They're they've given away kids like they give them Chromebooks to take home. Like during uh, the past couple years, schools have given children Chromebooks to take to their house to do online school when they've had to be online doing school. And so you're creating little digital addicts. You yes, know, when it's so much easier to, to just give them this. Yeah, YouTube's on there. YouTube's on the Chromebooks that you give to the kids. The kids are watching yes. it in their free time. They're, they have yeah, a computer exactly. at their disposal. They're not interested in climbing trees or going to the park or running around anymore. Exactly. I remember when I was young, um, when, I, when we would go outside, my grandmother would tell us, uh, if you're going to go outside, you're going to stay outside. You're going to stay outside all day until 8 o'clock when dinner's ready. And that's what we did. We had a choice. If we wanted to go outside, we went outside. If we wanted to stay inside, if we were going to stay inside, we were either going to play with our toys or we're going to clean. So we got bored with the toys. So it's time to go outside because you don't want to clean. And you'd be outside all day unless you had to come in to go to the bathroom. And even then, since we were, since we were boys, you say, go, go piss in the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I lived in the country. And um, but like my son, he doesn't have a cell phone. He's 14 years old and he's like a freak to the other kids or whatever. And they're like, he doesn't have. Actually, I think that's good parenting. I don't think yeah. children should have should have uh, devices outside of high school. Yeah, I was just on another podcast talking about when children should be on social media. And I'm like, dude, we shouldn't even be on social media <laughs> to the guy. But um basically like he doesn't have any new modern video game systems either we have like old sega genesis and the black and yes. white game boy <laughs> <laughs> the best uh, you should upgrade to a game boy color right <laughs> yeah sure maybe but um so his friends his peers it's like he asked them hey you want to come over and hang out and they're like no nah, dude it's boring at your house there's nothing to do you don't have a system and you don't have a cell phone, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Can you believe that? Isn't that horrible? Use your imagination, your child. Grab a football, uh, right? Grab I mean, a remote control what, car. What, what happened to imagination? I mean, th th I, know I picked up this book here. This book is imagination. This guy was in the middle of a war and wrote this series, J.R.R. Token, with, uh -huh. the, with the, in my opinion, perhaps one of the greatest pieces of of literature and modern times, the his saga with Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and the Cimmerillion, but that he was a full-grown man and he had more imagination in the middle of a war than some of these children do, growing up today. Oh yeah, and, and, and that's a sad thing to think about. Well, also, I mean, you're talking about the past. We don't have. I don't think we have anyone who's inspired to write new things like. We could take all the things happening because like you said, he was in the middle of a war. And so it inspired him to write these war books that are like, you know, with dwarves and elves and orcs and all these different things. 
Like we're in the middle of, of wars. We're in the middle of insanity. Maybe somebody could fictionalize that and write a book, but who's inspired I, to do that now? I have, I have been, uh, his writing and uh, the writing of Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams and all of my research. Listen, when I learned something new, especially cause I love comic books, love, love Superman. So all of that stuff inspired me to write. And so I had a over, an overactive imagination as a child and that, that sticks with you where you become an adult. But I think that comes from, I think that comes from, uh, from an early habit of reading. Oh, I don't know. I had a really good imagination when I was younger, maybe even 20, 25 years ago, but, um, I didn't read as much as I should have, but uh, I've, I've done like stop motion animation things with different action figures and stuff. One reason why I think it's good to do stop motion animation with action figures is because then you don't have to depend on actors. Trying to depend on actors is horrifying. But um, speaking of comic book stuff, I know quite a bit. Are you excited about the Batman thing coming out? Uh, now, I don't know. Today? I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen too many of the, previews of it which is why i don't know so much about it because you know i i i have youtube tv but i hardly watch tv because i'm usually usually reading or writing like i uh just recently i started going back hard into my reading regimen so right next to my bed i've got six books that i have to read before wow. the end of the week and because i take it back to the library on a weekly basis and so you know, my my viewing of TV really comes down to when I get ready to go to bed at night, and because I have everything recorded on DVR, um, I skip the commercials. <laughs> and since I have YouTube Premium, I don't get commercials on YouTube at all. So I so I saw the first advertiser for this movie today, and I was like, "What is this?" And Batman. you know, I'm. I'm not the biggest Batman fan. I love Batman, but of the of DC, I'm a Superman guy. But Batman, uh, I, I know people are going to hate me for this, but I hated the Christian Bale Batman movies. Uh, I did they, too. They did not uh, exude Batman to me. To me, the best no. Batman is still Kevin Conroy from... Uh, Batman animated. the animated series yeah. and Justice League animated series, um, followed up uh, by uh, the Batman and what's the what's the movie with uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker? I think that was Michael Batman Forever eighty nine Batman. Yeah, and then I, I also call call me corny, but I also love Adam West Batman. I actually watched the Adam West uh, oh, the, uh, the the Cape the Cape Crusaders Return. That movie came out in 2016 before Adam West died. Um, mm -hmm. I watched I watched that one. It was really nice, really fun. I like those comics like that, and you know, and I love when I love when the comic areas decide to take twists and things like that. Gotta say. I wasn't a big fan of the dark metal saga until about the end when they introduced Perpetua, but even then, it they changed too much because you know if you if you were writing comics, and you know about the Crisis of Infinite Earths and um, and uh, and the Anti Monitor, so we were led to believe that this was like God God tier stuff, and then come to find out, he's just an aunt to his mom, <laughs> and she 
we, you know, we've been led to believe that the, that the only person that can do what she can do has is the presence. And, the, you know, so it, it made it made a lot more questions. And then they went on a big hiatus. So now I'm waiting to see what the Dark Star Unlimited stuff is going to do. So I don't know. DC, they they have been very disappointing with live action movies. Their animated movies, oh, I love mm-hmm. them. Watch all of them. But the live action movies, they have been disappointing me. Well, there's so reasons I'm, for that. I don't know. You know, you have writers, you know, these animated movies are translations from the comics. You know what I mean? Where the movies aren't exactly the same way. The movies are when you take, you know, Hollywood executives and people who have no business writing story yeah, no passion. Yeah. And then they tell you what you need to have in a movie, you know, so Hollywood execs. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what DC's problem. You know, Marvel, they have built a cinematic empire because they've they got people that have passion behind it. And there have been some liberties with the adaptations, but ultimately those liberties have worked. Um, I I don't particularly like in Thor Ragnarok how he gets Storm uh, Stormbreaker when that's supposed to be for Beta Ray Bill. But yeah. It worked because now it gives us a, an introduction to what might be because comic book readers, they know what that is. DC, when they, they try to do it way too fast and it's what messed them up. Because if you go back and you take a look at the number one superhero films of all time, the original Superman and the original Batman are still in the top 10, but then the rest of it's all Marvel. <laughs> And yeah. and DC's having trouble breaking in there because, I mean, the the Justice I don't like Zack Snyder at all. His I think his film was horrible. The Justice League film I hated it. Uh, I did not like Man of Steel. I did not. I did not like Batman v Superman. There were too many references thrown in there, um, over, over a short period of time, and I wish that instead of trying to rush it, they took their time because, uh, you know, the, their best ones, in my opinion, were Wonder Woman and Aquaman, but even those were so uh, out of character for for them. I mean, Wonder Woman, she was running around like she was, at, like she was new to this when she's been fighting for 90 years because, you know, she's immortal pretty much. And then Aquaman, what does he, what does he have brown hair for? <laughs> He's a blondie. You're right. You know? yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. But um, does it bother you at all, though, speaking of, like, politics and things, that basically it seems like these writers right now are radical left-wing people trying to put it does. revenge on people like us who are comic book fans who are, like, it you does know, maybe bother conservative me. Christians. And what because... they're doing is... They want to try to make us mad with their little things. You know what I mean? Well, but not only that, but they're not only they're trying to make us mad, but they're trying to bankrupt our passion because they know we won't buy it. If oh, they're yeah. the ones writing it. Like what they did with Superman, they gave they made him have a son who's uh, I don't know if he was gay or he was transsexual. Superman's Superman comes out and it's the new Superman. They, that's how they advertise it. The new Superman yeah. was going to be gay. Yeah. But then come to find out it's actually his son. Okay, well, why did you leave that this is going to be the Superman? Because I don't think anybody would have cared if this was an, another version of Superboy. 
but then as, as a black person, I got kind of offended that um, I loved watching Young Justice, thought it was mm-hmm. awesome TV show. And yeah. then out of, out of nowhere, they just swapped and, and said that awful lad is gay. You know, he, he and his entire thing was he was trying to win the affection of his old girlfriend Tula in the uh, Young Justice cartoon, and then now he's apparently he's his uh, he was he was gay and it was hard for him to come out to his to his father. Like finally, I'm not saying that we don't have any black black heroes, but finally we uh, we got somebody that was animated that was black uh, for the first time. Yeah, he was uh, a great in leader. D- in DC in for the first time since John Stewart and his animation, because you know, we had Black Lightning back in the Super Friends, but he wasn't always there. You know, it was yeah. he showed up every now and again. But really, the only black people that you saw in in cartoons that were superheroes were John Stewart, Green Lantern, uh, from Justice League, Storm from the X-Men, and that was pretty much it. And then now here comes Aqualad, and then then you just out of nowhere turn him gay. And I'm not saying that there's a problem. I'm not saying there's a problem with him being gay, but make him be gay from the beginning. Yeah, you're talking about source material and things that are organic. You know what I mean? And what they're trying to do is they don't care about source material. They're trying to stick it to people they think hate gays. They're trying to stick it to them. And what ends up happening is you have a story that feels non-organic because it doesn't respect source material. And when you have a story like that, nobody wants to pay money for it. It just doesn't feel natural. Like, I don't think anybody uh, that who's a comic book fan was really that offended with the Jane Foster Thor thing because we all know that the enchantment on his hammer is whosoever be worthy. It doesn't say whatever man is worthy. It says whosoever be worthy. And let them pick up this hammer. They should have the power of Thor. Thor was unworthy of his hammer at the time, and she apparently was. Nobody, I don't. I wasn't upset with that because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. The hammer. I mean, in the in, a, in one of the crossovers, Wonder Woman wielded the hammer of Thor. Makes sense. I, I could think of very few people in DC Comics that would be more worthy than Wonder Woman to wield Mjolnir. Uh, uh, Storm and X Men has wielded the hammer of uh, Mjolnir. She was seen worthy before, so you know there's no problem with that. But when you just go flat out and change a character, like uh, for instance, I, th- I I don't know if I don't know how real it is, but I've heard that they that the new Superman movie he's supposed to be black. That and, and unless unless this is taking place on Earth two. Yeah, the, I think to they're white. trying to do other Earth stuff. But, but they um, haven't, you know, my problem is, is if they're going to do that, they haven't introduced it in their in their grand scheme of things. Like, introduce the idea of a multiverse before you just jump to another universe because you want to have a black Superman. Well, that's probably what um, we're going to see a lot of in the new Flash movie is introduction to multiverse stuff. If the, and then that would be my problem with that movie would be they're like I said oh, on this DC thing they're they're doing it too fast they needed to they should have built up some more and honestly if if I was being real honest 
with them because they, their Flash, Flash has done, he's done pretty right because he started off with the uh, CW TV show. So he's got a pretty good following, pretty good backstory. And a lot of people love the Flash because he reminds them of Deadpool a lot of times, comic relief. So I would have, I would have started and led with the Flash in a post-apocalyptic world and have him go back in time to create that Flashpoint effect and then bring all of these in there. That would have made everything make so much sense instead of all these disconnected stories built together and then throw in a Justice League because because you got to because the Avengers are out there. So you got to put a Justice League movie in there and, and then now introduce Flash and Flashpoint and then go off on this divergence and stuff. You know, that, that yeah, I would want that would have went the opposite way. That's how New 52 did it. If they followed New 52's comic line when they were making this movies, oh, it would have been perfect. Yeah, I think that's about the last time comics weren't trying to really stick it to people. I think right after New 52, they're like, we got to figure out how to piss off Republicans somehow, which really, <laughs> you don't care. You know, you just don't care. You just like, okay, this doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel like source material. So I'm not well, going to get my money. You see how they've been losing money because they yeah. have to. They have to realize by now the liberals aren't the one that's buying your content because they don't. They don't read it. Like for instance, this right here, the token Cimmerillion. Mm -hmm. I I am debating whether or not I'm going to watch the Lord of the Rings uh, spinoff series on Amazon because they changed it to make one of the dwarves or something black. They make Gladriel into a warrior princess, kind of like Wonder Woman. None of that stuff is in the book. There are no black people in Lord of the Rings. And the reason why there aren't any in there is because Tolkien, when he when he wrote this book, he wrote it as a mythology of Europe. Yeah, exactly. So go by there are no black people in there. Uh, and unless you're talking about the Easterlings, but even them, they aren't black. They're more like Persian. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're talking about the Little Mermaid coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah, they made her black. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't like it at all. Like, that's I, I, that's the reason why I'm a. I, I won't call myself an originalist because I I can I can like I can feel a good uh, reboot or mm -hmm. a good return, but it needs to be done well. Like Jurassic World was done well the first one second one uh of michael myers dinosaur not not loving it but this but this last one that they're about to come out with in june mm -hmm. the dress of world dominion now that one i have to say i cried a little bit my heartstrings got, got pulled because i got to see dr alan grant for the first yeah. time in 20 years i'm like oh man i've been waiting good. for this and it looks good and make me smile for the first time in a long time. But being that's doing it right. What they did with Star Wars, no, nah. because Star Wars already has a canon. It's yeah. all in the and the people of Star Wars canon, they're probably the 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 the, the most canon based people that you ever meet. Like they don't they don't even want you talking about legends if you're talking about canon. They don't want you to mix those things up and i'm not the biggest star wars guy but i know enough about star wars to know that those people they know their stuff 
And when you change something even even remotely, then you know they're almost they're almost Star Wars purists. You know, a lot of them hated the um, the prequels, and I like and I love the prequels. I love seeing Master Yoda smack smack down some droids. But you didn't like Jar Jar, did you? Uh I like Jar Jar in in uh, Clone Wars, but not so much in the movies. All right. <laughs> no, there, there, there was always that theory that Jar Jar was the secret Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. But you know, I, Star Wars. I like I like the prequels. I wasn't too big a fan of uh, Phantom Menace, though. It was still a little bit slower paced than the other Star Wars movies. But Revenge of the Sith, I loved it. Um, Attack of the Clones, I loved it. You know, it gave you a, it gave you a little bit of exposition as to why. Um, they started with the fourth episode instead of going back to the first, but you know, there there were some liberties taken and made, and then some people just don't like the CGI used in some newer films, which I agree. Sometimes the CGI isn't all that good, but you know, some people hated the Hobbit. Pop culture from politics. Can't believe. <laughs> but it it is a it is a problem though. Politics getting so involved, well, you can't enjoy uh, pop culture, or you can't enjoy oh, yeah. uh, simple things. You know, I, I don't even, I don't even like turning on the radio hardly because of that. Uh, because down here they get, you know, they got the Breakfast Club show that comes on in the mornings, and uh, uh, it makes a lot of people look bad, Charlemagne. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But it makes it so much harder to enjoy certain things. Like I was, um, I was watching uh, one of my favorite shows, um, and I was looking back like this would not fly today. You know, with this this show that I'm talking about is Johnny Quest. Oh, like right. this, this would not happen today. Where Haji would not be a character <laughs> today. Oh, they're, they're, the left would be up in arms, especially because race was killing people in front of them. You know, they they killed black people when they weren't really black. They were like uh, Amazonian, Brazilian, or whatever they were. They were just darker skin colored, and uh, but in oh Hanna Barbera cartoons, but that stuff wouldn't fly today. But it That's was what great. Makes it so fun. <laughs> I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah, that reminds me of in the eighties when we used to have rich white guys uh adopt black midgets <laughs> you remember that we well, had you know, webster and we had um what was the other one with uh arnold and, and willis but it's just that was a weird trend that probably wouldn't fly right now that wouldn't be very i i i, I don't even think that um different strokes that some, i don't even think that something like like uh, all in the family would work today, you know yeah. the, the the dichotomy between Archie Bunker and George Jefferson, That's some of the best a... TV ever. Oh yeah, we need but, some independent networks that just make whatever they want and don't care and just like yeah, don't... politics has to get involved in everything. Like I I am not a sports guy. I don't like watching sports because it bores me. Particularly football, hate watching it. Do hate football. But everybody's always up in arms about football. You know, I, I like to watch the Angry Video Game Nerd on YouTube, and he did his thing years ago. He's like, it's football. It's, it's when everybody always goes apeshit over. It's football. Like, okay, it's a, 
it's a ball and a goal. Now, I I, I like to watch my boxing matches, my UFC every now and yeah. again. Um, I don't watch it as much as I used to because the sportsmanship isn't the same. You know, I, I used to be a, a, a martial artist. Now I still I still train, just not as much as I used to, out of shape. But it, you know, when you used to watch matches, there they weren't these cocky bastards. They, it was there was a sense of respect and sportsmanship. Now it's more of a bloodbath, and I've turned off by it. Yeah, I used to love watching, love watching wrestling, but wrestling is not the same you know i don't know maybe vince is getting too old maybe triple h uh is following the political correctness too much because the triple h that i grew up to he wouldn't have cared about politics because the dx that i grew up to you know that was that was entertainment it didn't you know politics didn't get involved in that uh late late show comedy shows they didn't get involved in that like uh johnny carson um craig ferguson yeah, but now it's it's everything. It's the butt of the joke. Yeah, and th- that's the problem is that politics have become pop culture. You know, I mean, there's all these women who think Trey Gowdy is attractive and stuff. Nobody ever looked at political people like that. You know what I mean? Like politics was this boring old person thing and pop culture was like the this young person thing and they didn't touch each other now people think you know aoc is awesome and all this different stuff the same people and, you know, would have she, never looked at politics because you know, she, politics she can become be pop. she can be awesome in her own right but she's a dumbass yeah uh, say, you know um a red red foreman for that 70 show <laughs> oh, uh, she she's a dumbass and she needs a swift kick in the ass but I think she would be perfect as one of those uh, Instagram TikTok celebrities because she seems oh, yeah. to be doing that really well. And yeah, I have nothing against her. I mean, she's an attractive young lady, but she scares the hell out of me. Uh, she has that crazy look in her eyes that scares the hell. I mean, it really makes when she looks oh, yeah. at the camera, she the looks like she's psychotic. Just, yeah, uh, yeah, she looks crazy. But of of the members of the squad, hey, she's still she's the one I I pick over any of them. Um, to, to go on a date with because the rest of them are uh, one of them looks like Miss Piggy, one of them's bald. <laughs> the, the other yeah. one, uh, she should go back to her own country with her with her brother husband and her brother husband. It's exactly you know, right. But yeah, speaking of brother husbands, that goes back to the, uh, to, to our children. I, I was looking on Cartoon Network because I love to watch old cartoons because, you know, Boomerang and stuff, they don't play old cartoons that, that we used to watch anymore. And I was looking on there and they got the cartoon Uncle Grandpa. Yeah. What Do you know what you have to do to be somebody's uncle and their grandpa? And they're putting this in front of our children and, and having them watch this. And, you know, I grew up, well, we watched the Powerpuff Girls. That was a really good show for strong women, female leads, really good. Then they came out with it again. I think it was 2016, 2014, sometime around there. And the commercial came on. I'm like, oh, Powerpuff Girls is back. I'm going to watch it. And this commercial comes on and Bubbles is twerking. Oh, I'm yeah. like, aren't they supposed to be in kindergarten? Why are you well, teaching children this? It was a slow burn. I mean, they're they're trying to ease in all kinds of sex and satanism it it was always to do that and it's and you know um they're pushing 
homosexuality and transgenderism and everything because again they think it pisses you off they're like we're gonna get them and so they push it on you and it's like you don't even care you're just gonna switch the channel or something but you know but trying to put that in our kids heads and they don't that's no one's job to put these sort yeah. of things in the minds of children because they're not in the minds of children. The minds of children are like, um, let's... They're, they're still developing. They're so impressionable. Yeah. And, you know, that, that goes to the, uh, another question of mine. You know, I, I've been asking this question to a couple of people lately because I've been reading more, reading more on it. And this is, this is some of the works of, of Milton Friedman, Thomas Sowell, Walter Williams, William F. Buckley, and Santa a lot of others is that a lot of this sexual deviancy, this uh, out of control sex that's been happening has been a, has been almost in a direct correlation with sex education in our schools. And I'm not saying that teaching about how a child is made. I'm talking about the lasciviousness of of teaching and encu- and encouraging sexual behavior has been coming yeah. out of these schools, and they say that it, is, it should be the parents' responsibility to teach them or to teach them about the encouraging, encouraging them in a, to commit sexual acts. And the school needs to not be involved. What's your take on that? Do you think the school needs to do any type of sexual education? Um, none, because that goes back to what I was saying about government. I don't trust those people to have the right kind of discernment or intelligence or thought processes to be able to handle sensitive topics. I don't trust the minds of other people when it comes to topics like sex, sexuality or whatever. And what kind of a pathetic parent is like, yeah, um, the school should handle all that for me. Just freaking stop being lazy parents and teach your children and talk to them about these things yourself. You know, that's the I, thing. I absolutely agree. You know, Rhett, Rhett left us because he's feeling a little ill. So we're going to finish up pretty soon. But I, I got to ask. You talk about freedom and that's the whole thing of your show, free speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you what did you feel um, in Portland with the uh, with the with the whole summer love thing going on? The Chaz Chop Zone. What was that oh, in Seattle? Right. That kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think that was that was not in Portland, but there were no go zones in Portland too, I think. And they tried to create their own whatever. We got a lot of Proud Boys around here, actually. <laughs> so, you know, Proud Boys are not are not racist. Uh, people keep no. saying that they're a racist organization. It's run by a it's run by a black a half black half Hispanic guy. Uh, yeah, you know, they was. I looked at I think their, he's looked out at their now. numbers. Yeah, yeah, he got put in jail for uh, January 6th, which he, you know, that's that's a whole other stuff that we can't talk about on YouTube because they're like, oh, no, you're spreading false information. It's not false information. It's just information that you don't like. Um, and, uh, you know, my whole deal is, just, you know, Oregon has done a lot of things that I would deem inappropriate i mean i i was i'm not sure how i'm not sure how true it is but i remember watching it in the media um during the election cycle at the time and they were saying that uh, around the time of the 2020 election 
Oregon managed to legalize magic mushrooms and the and a degree of other drugs. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't you know what what damage has that done to to Oregon or Oregonians or if you've seen any damage been done yet. I'd love to talk about it. Uh real quick. You know, basically what happened was uh you have Kate Brown, the governor of Oregon, who talks about, you know, our our prisons are needlessly overfull with people who have small drug charges and things like that, right? So they're like, why don't we just make it a misdemeanor, but also provide free rehab and we'll we'll have those sources, those resources so that we can really ramp up um, rehab for people. So we'll do those two things simultaneously, right? We'll make drug charges a lesser offense. We'll make it a misdemeanor and you'll have like $150 fine if you're caught with a bag of heroin or whatever. Um, and <clears throat> then we'll provide people a lot more resources when it comes to, um, to rehab, to rehabilitating from being addicted to drugs. So everyone's like, oh, okay, that sounds okay. We'll vote for that. So people all voted for that and they were psyched about it. And then, so we made it to where drug charges are like a misdemeanor. It's like a parking ticket. But we ran out of money when it came to the rehab half. You know what I mean? Always signs of happening that way. Oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy how that happens. So they got enough now, money to inject them with the drugs, but not enough money to rehabilitate them. Not just that. We have the money to give them clean needles, too. So, and crack pipes. Thank you, Biden. So, the thing is, is that um, we, there's a saying that goes, you condition the behavior that you tolerate. That's uh, one of my bosses said that. And I think that's brilliant because what we've done is we've created Oregon to be like this bastion for people who are just excited about doing drugs and having drugs. And so Salem and Portland are flooded with homeless camps now, both of them. The capital of Oregon, Salem, flooded with homeless camps. Portland just massive homeless neighborhoods, two-story cardboard houses with garages. It's fascinating. If you can get enough lumber and stuff, you can just build a two-story house with a garage anywhere you want. It's insane. Um, That's what happened with the drugs. So we have drugs here. Huh? Be the devil's, I said to be the devil's advocate here. Sure. Do you think that has to do anything with the outrageous cost of living in, in uh, our western coastal states? Like uh, I know the cost of living in California for two bedroom apartments, like four thousand dollars a month. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how expensive it is in Oregon, but I believe it would have to be a hell of a lot more expensive in Oregon than it is here in Mississippi, where. Uh, this one bedroom that I live in is for, is five, uh, five fifty, and that's and that's a lot for me, uh, because yeah. I had a bigger one bedroom uh, that was four seventy five, and it was much bigger, almost two times the size of this one. And, I envy you. <laughs> you know, a, a two bedroom here at seven hundred dollars is ridiculous for for a person like me when I had a two bedroom of around equal size, maybe bigger, maybe slightly bigger 
slightly a slightly smaller living space because I had a larger I had a, um, had a larger hallway, um, but that was five fifty. A different a different city, but same state, and it was five fifty for two bedroom, and then I moved to another two bedroom. It was it was nice. I loved it, but it's seven hundred dollars a month. And if you're late by one minute, it's an extra 60 bucks. And that was a lot of money for a person like me in Mississippi. I can't imagine spending $1,700, $2,000 on an apartment oh, over yeah. there in Oregon. Yeah, I mean, depending on how many bedrooms you want. But I will never think that the cost of living necessarily attributes to homelessness I think that mental illness, drug addiction, different things, crime, that all attributes to homelessness, but you can get a one bedroom apartment and maybe four friends to all chip in and live in it, right? So I don't think that that attributes to homelessness. Not really because of, because, because of some of these laws now, like for instance, in Mississippi, federal, uh, the state law is, is that in, when you rent out an apartment or a home to somebody and you're renting it, it is two heads per per bedroom. It's if you're doing it honestly. You can always stick somebody <laughs> somewhere. You know what I mean? But and then you that, have those uh, let those lecherous uh, people. That, you know, they get upset and they call the landlord, and then everybody has to hide in the closet someplace. The landlord comes over because they can they can enter your house whenever they want to. Oh yeah. You know, they, well, just you know, tell them they're being racist. That's all you got to tell them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but here, I don't believe it. I, I don't believe that because, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's the magic word here. Just say you're being a racist bigot to somebody and you can have whatever you want, probably. But I don't um, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about our culture. Oh, I've, you know I mean? I've been I've been called worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the, the worst thing I've ever been called was a class trader. It was it was so new. I was I was like, you know, I've been called a lot of things. I've been called Uncle Tom, a race trader, uh, a, a white guy in a black man's body. I've been called a lot of stuff, but the one that I, the one that I was called the most recently, um, not the most recently, I got called racist recently. But the newest one I got called was like a couple weeks, a couple months ago. I was uh, debating somebody or talking to somebody about about investing and taking advantage of the market. And they said because I'm a person who will live, who is in the working class, using the tools of, the, of people who are in the upper class, which investing in the market is a tool that anybody can use. Yeah. They said that I was. They called me a class trader because I was I was a trader to the class of the poor because I was using taking advantage of what the rich take advantage of. Did you make money on DWAC? No. Ah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did not invest in that one. I, I've, um, I've invested in a lot of mutual funds, mostly, mostly things that are for the long-term preservation of my, uh, of my retirement, my insurance policy. I consider that to be an investment because I can sell it when, when, you know, I have a, I have a million dollar term policy that I intend to sell if I make it to that ripe old age, if not, I can, you know, somebody gets the cash in on it. But if I make it to that ripe old age and I don't no longer need it, I can sell it off to something like Coventry or something like that and use that liquidity. And now I've even started taking an interest in investing more in Bitcoin, uh, but not 
uh, not so well cryptocurrency as a whole, but not so much as a uh, stock traded investment. You know, not nothing, not a get quick, quick, uh, rich thing, but as a security me- measure. Because with our with our dollar losing so much value, I just feel okay. safer having my money been backed up by something. So gold and precious minerals and uh, cryptocurrency, particularly those that are that are physically tangible, like Bitcoin are very easy ways to secure uh, somebody's portfolio. So that's what I've been doing now. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, But I'm a a class trader for that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like somebody's jealous and weak, you know, whoever (laughs) accused you of that. Because they can do it. It's it's a freaking phone. it's It's easy. And I tell people all the time, you know, I, you know, I guess this this might be uh, go back to when we we're talking about uh, our devices, but it's so difficult for me because I I grew up, and you know I'm not that old. I haven't even I haven't even crossed thirty yet. But the way technology has changed over the course of my life has been so rapid to where I could grow up in a time period where listening to a portable A track and was cool. And then by the time I'm in, by the time I'm in kindergarten, listening to a portable cassette player is the cool thing to do. And then yeah. by the time I'm in eighth grade, people have entire phones they can carry in their pocket, which wasn't even imaginable when we were younger. But yeah. the thing is, is it seems as though people seem to completely forget that they have worlds of information at their fingertips. You know. I, I I catch myself doing it because a lot of times I'll be writing uh, stuff in my books and I'll be writing stuff for my shows and I'll forget a word or I'll forget something and I'm not next to my bookshelf to get the dictionary off of it. And I completely forget that I have a phone. I can ask, hey, what's the definition to such and such word? And how do you spell this? I got a whole phone there that can do that for me. And I'll go, you know, I'm trying to go to the library, get my bookshelves and, and do all of that. But all the information is right there and people don't take advantage of it. Well, there's that. But also, are you training your brain to not have to retain stuff as well? Because in a dictionary, it's a little more of a pain in the butt to try to find a word necessarily than looking it up on your phone real quick. So is that rewiring all of our brains so that, you know, I kind of think that too, because of, you know, when I, when I was in school, the the year that I did my state test, that was the year that they stopped allowing you to use calculators for the algebra state state test. So I had to do the entire algebra state test without a calculator. If it wasn't for the fact that I memorized all of my formulas back when I was in sixth grade, I didn't take my state test until I was in 10th grade. So I memorized the formulas to the quadratic equation and all these other things back when I was in sixth grade. As a matter of fact, I still have those notes sitting over there in the closet of what I wrote down in the sixth grade. And the way I always started all of my tests so that I wouldn't forget was I wrote the equation on the top of the page that's and awesome. that helped that helped me it really did it helped me a lot when I did my test and I passed my test with advance but now there is no state test anymore 
like about a year after I graduated, they stopped state test altogether. Yeah, you're reminding me about something going on in Oregon, um, which is incredibly racist. Again, the radical left wing Democrats, Kate Brown and the other superintendents and things like that, they all like basically are saying that um, requirements to graduate, they said they're racist because. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those studies where they're trying to say that yeah. the bar is too high for people uh that aren't as intellectually favorable as some other people. Yeah, they say minority groups um, aren't doing as well. So that means that standards are racist. Instead of looking at what's going on, you know, maybe these island people who are getting bad scores don't value education as much because they focus on other stuff. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? or, may, or maybe, maybe the case is, is that. You, uh, because you don't want to hold these people back so that they can learn how to assimilate. You're yes. trying to push them up into a grade that they're not ready for yet. They might be ready for that grade in their own country, but they're not ready for that grade in our country because there's a language barrier. And yeah. I see that a lot of in places where Black people tend to live in the inner cities of Chicago, Baltimore, and Baltimore um, Seventy percent of students cannot, when they graduate, cannot read or do math at grade level, which means that they yeah. cannot read or do math at a twelfth grade level. Which also makes Oregon diplo- high school diplomas toilet paper. You know what I mean? Yes. They're worthless. And so, yes, and they, you know, and they wonder why they can't find a job, especially now that they're trying to push a living wage idea, where you're raising minimum wage. Well, the problem with that is, is now you've completely priced yourself out of the market because you have no skills. Yeah. You don't know anything because your diploma is a piece of garbage. You don't have any uh, basic comprehensive skills, no, any basic computing skills for mathematics. So what, what are, what's the foundation do you have that justifies more than $7.25 an hour? Exactly. Yeah. Plus, you know, the minimum wage jobs are supposed to be yeah, they're supposed to be kids. exactly. I tell people that all the time. Minimum wage jobs are supposed to be are not something that you're supposed to get a career off of. You're supposed to get experience and move on to intermediate level positions. And yeah. then if that job doesn't value you, learn all you can learn from them and move on to somebody that will value you and pay you what you're worth. But Absolutely. you have to be able to offer your offer something that people are willing to pay more uh, than minimum wage for. And, you know, Thomas Sowell said it best. He said that, uh, he said, somebody asked him, what what would you, advice would you give young people today? And he says, equip yourself with skills in which people are willing to pay handsomely for. That's brilliant. That's you know, that good advice. It's simple, but it's the truth. You gotta, you have to be able to market yourself as having skills that, separates you from the pack and that's the problem with so many people going to get these degrees as well everybody has the same degree so what do you have that puts you above them are you licensed do you have a certificate to perform this duty how you have any experience market yourself more than just i got a degree yeah are you willing to do something that other people aren't choosing to do you know i mean like the plumbers right they're making Oh what, yeah, highest paid trade, highest paid trade, and uh, yeah, some of them are millionaires. 
Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Give me one second. Give me one second. Keep keep going. Keep on going on that topic. I got to go to the restroom real quick. Well, you know, if you want, we could uh, wrap it up. If well, uh, you know what? Um, yeah, because I was going to wrap this up in a in a in about five minutes or so. But so that's what I'm going to do. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up because I've I've been enjoying this conversation. I I I like to I would like to join your show. And I would like for you to come back and join us a couple times when Rhett's feeling better, because I, I feel bad that he didn't get to join in since he uh, reached out to you and had us had to join us. But um, going ahead and wrote the red carpet up for you. Let uh, let my viewers know more about you. Where can they find you? Where can they listen to your effort to your uh, to your show? And how can they get in contact with you if they have questions? Well, you know, I have a Gmail, freespeechnorthwest at gmail.com. There's the website, freespeechnorthwest.com. And then there's Free Speech Northwest on Facebook, YouTube, BitChute. Um, it's BitChute and Rumble where I put the stuff that they won't let me put on YouTube. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're, we're getting ready to do a Rumble account ourselves, Rec Created One for us. And again, uh, what type of content can they expect? when they come to look at your stuff? Um, I'd say the show kind of leans into a uh, conservative slash Christian type thing, but I love to have the conversations with people I don't agree with because I like to try to understand it or I don't know, poke holes in it or I don't know, be oppositional. I, I have no idea. I just want to try to, um, you know, I've had, Antifa leaders on the show. I've had I've seen that uh, one. I haven't listened to it yet. That interview. The I had interview all Antifa. the Proud Boys, like a bunch of Proud Boys on the show, actually, mm. on one of them. Yeah, because I, I was doing some research for this. So I'm like, you know, I don't know who this guy is. Rhett found somebody and he, I'm like, I don't know who he is. I need to do some research so I can know what type of questions to ask. And I was looking on there and I found those things very interesting. Again, I want to thank you uh, for joining you. us here and hope you come back with us hope you have us come on your show maybe one of oh, these yeah. days uh just keep in contact with Rhett and uh probably tonight or tomorrow most definitely tomorrow if not tonight uh Rhett will be able to send you the video file of this and uh we'll also be having this on spotify as well so you'll be able to find us on spotify google podcast breaker audio pretty much all of the uh um audio websites um but with that because i gotta use the restroom i'm gonna end this pretty quickly (laughs) all right you go thank you for joining me take care of it thank you for having me